Welcome everybody to the Armor Up 613 podcast where we are equipping men for the spiritual battleground. All right, men, we are here. We are back in action. Now, we're doing something a little bit different on this episode. Uh, You don't hear Jonathan and you don't hear Aaron, and that's because I'm flying solo today and getting this episode ready to get some content out there for you men who have been following us and who have been missing our podcasts. So, um, just want to tell you, so what we're doing something a little different here today. I'm actually uploading um, a teaching that I did back in July at church, and um, I really feel like this is something that the men of this time and the men of this hour need to hear. And it's talking about the parable of the talents. I'm going into detail about um, this this parable and breaking it down and looking at some avenues and looking at some angles of the servant who went and hid his talent in the field. Why did he go bury that talent? Why did he go hide it? Um, And I'll get into great depth in this teaching. I really feel that there are men that need to hear this because there are men out there who have taken a great talent that the Lord has given them and uh, they've went and hid it out in a field. And it's my desire and it's my hope that this will inspire you to go out there and dig up that that talent and uh, start being profitable for the Lord. So guys, enjoy this teaching. I hope it hope it resonates with you and I hope it speaks to your spirit. So guys, get ready. Here we go. And uh, the, the great stuff that happened down in Arkansas this past week. So excited to have Brother Mark Rice, who's going to be teaching for us today. He always does a tremendous job, and I know he's got a great word for us. Don't we love the Rice family? Would you welcome him as he comes today to teach? Got a fan base over here. I like it. I like the energy. I know it's Sunday. It's BYOB. I brought my own bottle of water. It's Bible class, guys. We can have a good time, right? Over here, we can have a good time. All right. Raising the roof over here. I like it. I like it. God been good to you this week? Has God provided for you this week? He's kept you right here in the palm of his hand. Ain't it awesome, the God that we serve? Amen. So I'm gonna we're gonna talk this morning. Uh, We're going to go over one of the parables in the Bible. We're going to talk about the parable of the talents. And uh, this really started speaking to me because, what's today's date? We're still in July. So about a couple weeks ago, I turned 40. I know, that's what I said. And it got me thinking, Bishop. And I know you're saying 40. (laughs) 40? But the way I see it, Bishop, is if the good Lord lets me live to 80, right now is halftime. Right now it's third quarter. Brother Joe, remember this conversation we had driving up to Kentucky? That really stuck with me. And so I I was like, okay, God, I'm 40. I got into church and I got saved when I was 20. I wasted, I'll be honest with you, I wasted the first quarter. 
And I wasted probably half or three-fourths of the second quarter. Okay? So at the age of 40, I'm coming out in the third quarter, I'm coming out fighting. I'm coming out with more zeal than I ever had because I finally understand what it is that I have. Okay? And I would encourage you who are under 40 to don't wait until you have a, one of those moments of clarity. Go ahead and find it today. And maybe if you're already over 40, get that moment of clarity today because you're still breathing. That means there's still hope. Amen? All right. So I want to set the backstory. Brother Mark, don't put the title up until I ask the question. Okay? So the backstory here is, uh, let's say, Matthew chapter 24. Okay? The disciples are starting to pick up on what Jesus is talking about. You know, Jesus, he's, he's preparing them for him to leave and come back, okay? So they're walking around, the disciples, they're like, okay, so you're talking about the end and you're talking about coming back, but how do I know, right? How do I know, Jesus, that you're coming back? What are the signs that you're coming back for us? What does this mean, okay? So Jesus, when you go through chapter 24, and if you want to study this out, go study it out. Just go Matthew chapter 24 and just start reading, okay? Jesus starts talking about wars and rumors of wars as a sign of the end times. You guys ever hear that in the news now? What about nations rising up against nations? You ever hear that in the news now? What about famines and earthquakes, false prophets? Lord knows there's false prophets everywhere. Turn on TBN. I ain't trying to point fingers. I'm just trying to help guide you a little bit, okay? There's false prophets everywhere. So the disciples, they ask, well, when, when are you coming back? What, what is the date of your return? These are good questions. Inquiring minds want to know. Jesus, you're telling me you're leaving, but can you tell me when you're coming back? I want to put it on my calendar. I need to get my Google Calendar out. I need to make sure I have on this date, be ready, Jesus is coming back. He doesn't make it that easy. That would be like cheating. Because then we would know when the Master is coming, and we would hurry up and get our affairs in order, and when he comes, we'd be like, I've been waiting for you the whole time. Anybody a procrastinator? I have a doctor degree in procrastinating, okay? If something is due on Friday, it'll be done at like Friday morning at 5 a.m., okay? We're, we're, as Christians, we procrast we're going to procrastinate. That's why Jesus doesn't tell us when. You know, it's like, uh, I remember when I was a kid, my parents, they would go shopping, and they would trust my brother and I to stay home. When you coming back? We'll be back in a little bit. How long is a little bit? We're trying to get in trouble, man. We're trying to have some fun. I got to know when we got to have this mess cleaned up. They don't tell you this stuff. So the expectation, right? So here we are in uh, chapter 25. Jesus starts speaking in parables. He starts speaking in parables, okay? And we start out with the first parable about the ten virgins and their lamps waiting on the bridegroom. Five were foolish, five were wise. 
The foolish ones didn't make provisions to have enough oil in their lamp. So when the bridegroom was running late because they didn't know what time he was going to be there, they started running out of oil. They didn't bring enough. And they look over at the five who were smart and the, who were prepared and who were ready, and they're like, come on, man, give me some oil. I need some oil. Sorry, I've made provisions for the bridegroom. I don't want to miss this opportunity. So the five, they left. The, the, the foolish ones, they left. And while they were gone, guess who shows up? And by the, by the time they come back, door shut, you've missed your opportunity. Okay? So then we move into the next parable. And this is where we want to spend a little time. But before he says in Matthew 25, 13, he says, Watch, therefore you know not the day nor the hour which the Son of Man is coming. Okay? So just a little side note, all you social media people. If you're on Twitter and somebody tweets out that they know when Jesus is coming and they have the date, you can retweet, you're an idiot. Because nobody knows. The Bible just said it. Okay? If somebody comes to you and they say they know when Jesus is coming, they've fallen off their rocker and run from them. All right? That was free. All right, so let's go into the word here. Let's read this parable. It's pretty lengthy. So we're going to start. It's Matthew 25, 14, and 30. It says, For the kingdom of, he kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And he immediately went out on his journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and he made another five. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received the one, he went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants, he came back and he settled the accounts with them. So who, who had received the five came, brought the five other talents, Say, Lord, you delivered me five. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful uh, over a few things. I will make you, to be continued, ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more beside them. He doubled it. His Lord said to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been Faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many. Enter to the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping uh, where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Remember that. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered to him and said, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have, I would have received back my own, my own with interest. So if you're not going to do something with what I gave you, instead of going and burying it and, nothing and, and not being able to earn anything, you should have just took it to a banker and I could have got minimal interest out of it, right? 
Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to the one that has ten. For everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant to outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. So we see a master preparing to leave on a journey. And before he does, he calls three servants. Y'all want to be my three servants? You can just sit right there. It's cool. I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you two. And I'm going to give you one. According to your own ability. Your own ability. The master knows your ability. Your ability. Your ability. He knows how much you can handle. Okay? So he gave it according to your own ability. He gave them what they needed to be successful while the master was away. Okay? Now you can sit here and go, well, that's pretty sad. He gave one guy five. He gave this one two. But this poor little guy here, he only got one. One measly talent. So let's stop and let's think, what's a talent? What does this equal? Okay? In, in that time, uh, it's, a, it's a weight, a measurement of currency. One talent is equivalent to about 75 pounds of silver. I gave you 75 pounds of silver coins. Back in that day, that's worth four years of wages. It's not poor, pitiful, one-talent servant. Okay? So remember that. So here today, when we think talent, we think about abilities. We think about special skill sets. Right? We think about natural giftings. So the expectation of the master, he, he, gives, these, he gives the servants what they need to be successful, and he left them with an expectation. He was expecting the servants to work and to profit with the resources they were given. The master didn't tell him when he was coming back or when he would return. He just expected a profit when he come back from his journey. Okay? So when we dive into this, if we can understand what Jesus is trying to convey to his disciples through this parable, my friends, you and I, we wouldn't be sitting dormant and being stagnant for, for God. Okay? Instead, we would be finding ourselves steadily working and being profitable for his kingdom. Okay? Right now, this, this parable, these servants, they're in a management period. They're managing God's resources. They're called to be good stewards of his resources. And that's what we're living in today. We're living in a time where God has entrusted us with his resources, with his talents, his giftings, his abilities, our, he's given us abilities according to our own so we could profit the kingdom. Does that make sense? So our master, he's out on his journey. He's gone to prepare a place for us, right? According to John 14 and 3, it says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me, that you will be there also where I am. That's where he's at now. That's the journey that, that Jesus has taken. 
He's preparing that place for you and me. And until he returns, it's our responsibility to be faithful and good stewards and be profitable with those resources that he has given us. Can you say amen? And the fact is, we have to, I want you to remember this. Yes, Jesus is coming back, but there's an expectation. He's expecting a prophet when he comes back. So I want to ask you this question this morning. Where's the master's prophet? Where is the master's prophet? I want to spend some time digging and understanding the mentality and some of the characteristics I noticed studying out this parable. There's something about digging into the word, studying it out. I was in Knoxville last week, and I said, you know what, I'm going to call my bishop up. This man's got years of wealth and knowledge. And I called Bishop. I said, Bishop, you got a little time to talk to me. This is what I'm teaching on. Give me your perspective, Elder. Give, give, me, give me your insight. And I appreciate that. That meant a lot to me. I, I enjoy that. It really, it really helped me as I was putting this together. And I noticed that there were some characteristics of this third servant. The, the, we'll call him the one talent servant that kind of raised some red flags. And maybe some of you in here can relate. Maybe you're watching on our live stream. Maybe you can relate as well. One of the characteristics <clears throat> was that he was afraid. He was fearful. Right? So when, when the master come to him, he said, well, I, I was afraid. Then he goes on to say, you know, I thought you was a hard man. But he let fear come into his life. When it was, when it was time to settle up with the master, he plainly said, I was afraid. So instead of doing something with the, the, the resources the master had left him and entrusted him with, he chose to go out into the field with a shovel, find a nice place, dig a hole, and bury it. 75 pounds of silver coins buried. Because he said he was afraid. The other two went out and they doubled the money. Right? They went out there and they doubled it. But this one, he had fear in his heart. You see, you and I, we have been given resources. You and I have been given talents and abilities from our heavenly master. And yet we too get paralyzed by fear. Paralyzed by fear. You see, fear, it comes in many shapes and it comes in many sizes. Would you agree? Now, to beat fear, you got to know what fear is. You got to know what you're up against, what you're facing. Let's talk about fear. What is fear and why does, why, why does fear control our lives if we allow it to? The dictionary says fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger, anxious concern, reason for alarm, to be afraid or to fear the worst. So the dictionary, when talking about fear, it's like an emotion, right? It's an anxious concern. A couple years ago, my wife and I, we went on vacation to Myrtle Beach. We're having a great time. We're out on the boardwalk, and they have this really cool sky wheel. 
right? If y'all know me, I'm a little afraid of heights, all right? So I was like, Kim was like, you want to ride it? I said, I'd love to ride it. Okay, yeah, I was working up the courage, stand in line to get my ticket. I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. This stranger was trying to talk me into it. I think he was drunk, and he was just like, you can do it, man. We'll do it together. Come on. But I let the emotion of fear, a reason for alarm, is me being on the top and it getting stuck. I'm out. I barely like to fly. So what does the Bible say about fear? Because that's the most important. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Notice something. The scripture tells us that the spirit of fear is not given to us by God. So if God didn't give it to us, who did? Huh? If God didn't give it, who did? Fear is not of God. Fear is nothing more than a scare tactic. A scare tactic. Fear is a poison that paralyzes the hearts and the minds of God's people. And fear is something that the enemy tries to use against the believers of Christ to do what? To keep them from using the resources, the talents, and the abilities that the master has left them to increase the kingdom of God. See, the enemy knows if he can instill fear into our minds and our hearts, we'll never do what God called us to do. We'll never do it. We're paralyzed by fear. I won't make that first move. But we're called to be a prophet for his kingdom. Now don't raise your hand. I just want to ask a question to get you thinking a little bit. How many people in this sanctuary, how many people watching right now online, you're currently letting fear hold you back from being profitable for Christ? Just think of that. Don't even got to raise your hand. How many people right now, you're letting fear hold you back? You're letting it keep you from doing what God has called you to do. How many of us are, are, are we, we've taken our talents and, that he's left us and we went and we buried them out into a field because we're afraid? I know there's people in the room who feel that way. I spent too much time studying and praying. I know there are people who feel that way right now. The enemy wants you to be paralyzed by the fear of failure. I believe that's what stopped this servant from doing what he was supposed to do with his talent. A fear of failure. He was afraid of failing his master. Amen? See, we can let it get into our minds that it's not even, not even worth attempting to do something with our talents because we're going to fail. Right? It's not worth writing that book that's going to impact thousands and thousands of people, Pastor. It's not worth it. I don't even know why you're starting a second book. Nobody's going to read it. See how the spirit of fear wants to come against? But that's just a lie. And if he could get you to believe that, he'll stop you from doing something so impactful and something so meaningful for the kingdom. You know? You know it's, it's not worth trying to start a, a podcast to try to reach men of faith. Right, Jonathan? We don't know how to do a podcast. If you've ever listened to it, you could probably say amen. 
But you know what? God gave me a vision, and then he blessed me with wonderful team that can help support this vision. And we're not going to stop. We may fail a little bit, but that's okay. We're going to fail forward, and we're not going to let that stop us from impacting the kingdom of God. Brother Glenn, I don't see him here, but it's not worth going down into the dirty part on Dickerson Road and, and Trinity Lane to pass out hot dogs to prostitutes and drug dealers. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. It's not worth it. Fear holding you back. Don't let fear paralyze you from being profitable for Christ. Can somebody say amen? I'm actually doing good on time. I'm impressed. <laughs> the second one, jealousy and envy. Whew. So Matthew 25, 15, it says, To one he gave five, he gave two, and he gave one. The master, knowing his servants well enough, gave them an amount according to what the master knew they could handle. Okay? He already decided. He already knew. He knows their strengths. He knows their weaknesses. That's okay that he gave one more than the other. Right? Because the master knows his servants. He knows the talents. He knows the abilities. I feel this particular servant, the one that only received the one talent, he may have had a jealousy issue. Could be. Now look, this is my interpretation, guys. This is my interpretation. This is just the nuggets that I pull out. And I just start thinking and my mind goes crazy. But I think he may have had a jealousy issue. Instead of respecting the fact that the master knows, knows me, knows what I can handle, I look and see, well, well, this brother got five. I only got one. Why does he prefer him more than me? Does he not like me? Am I not good enough? It's not fair. Anybody ever threw your hands up and said that? It's not fair. God created you. When he did, he already knew your skill set. He knew your skill set. He knew yours, mine, bishops, everybody in here. And this is where it gets dangerous, my friends. It's a dangerous place when we start digging in everybody else's talent bag instead of focusing in ours. Instead of, remember, 75 pounds of silver coins, four years of wages, and he's too busy looking at what this guy got, what this person got, and this person got, instead of being satisfied and thankful for what God had given him in the first place. I wish I had that skill. I wish I had that intellect. Boy, I wish I could sing like them. I wish I had that lifestyle. I wish I had their money. And we forget the bag of blessings that we already have. That we already have. Jealousy. Envy. And the next thing you know, here comes our good brother bitterness. And he'll bury you know, Brother Bitterness, yeah, he likes to cling to you. He likes to get right here in your spirit. 
He's like that cancer. The next thing you know, it just spreads like wildfire. Because you're so busy looking at this person and what they got. How come they don't ever ask me to preach? How come they don't ever ask me to teach? How come I don't ever get to sing a solo? I'm so mad at Sister Joy, she don't ever ask me to sing. I promise you those words that never came out of my mouth. <laughs> that would be a blessing for y'all for that never to happen. But we get so bitter. We get so bitter. And off to the field you go. Shovel in hand. Blessings in hand. Digging that hole. Chop it in. Bury it. Never to be profitable. Never to be profitable. Mm. Be faithful with what you have been given. Be faithful with what you have been given. You be a good steward with what he gave you. And just like he told the one with the five and the two that doubled it, he said, well done, thou good and faithful. He's going to give you increase, but you've got to be faithful with what you have. Get your eyes off of what everybody else has. Right here. You got your back of blessings. Amen? You see, I know my abilities, and I know my skill sets, okay? I'll never be a doctor. Never be a scientist, and I'll never be a mechanic or a handyman. You just ask my wife. <laughs> if you ever want to see me at, the, at, at, at red, usually I'm green or red, right? If you want to see me red, it's because I'm trying to fix something. It's because I'm trying to fix something. I tried to fix a toilet flapper. For goodness sake. Is Brother Roger in here? Wrong Roger. I need plumber Roger. Oh, man. Man, the toilet was running. I said, oh, I can do it. I'm going to get on YouTube. I can learn anything on YouTube. Went and got the part, blah, blah, blah. I fixed it, I thought. That dumb thing's still running. Got to go back to Ace Hardware. Call, Roger, man, I this thing. He said, well, I'm coming up to Portland anyway. I'll stop by your house. Thank you, Jesus. That in his bag, he's got some plumber tools. And in my bag, I'll just send you home with some food. All right? You got to be okay with what your abilities are. God created you to be unique. God was not a cookie cutter. Not everybody's the same, and that's okay. Be confident in who you are and the abilities he's given you. And it's our job to be... to, to to be responsible with that, to take those abilities and profit the kingdom of God. The key is to be faithful. Somebody say faithful with what he's entrusted you. Remember, my friends, the master, he's on a journey, but he's coming back. When he gets here, he's expecting a prophet. So I'll ask you again, where's the master's prophet. The third, the third thing I noticed about this, our one talent brother, slothful, lazy. Brother Wilson, I got some chicken scratch on here, and I was writing that stuff, and I was thinking about what you said last week. 
how you write your notes down. You're like, I can't even read it. That's what I'm, I'm facing this right now. <laughs> Sorry, squirrel. Slothful and lazy. After the master heard his servant's excuse, he laid into the servant. He kind of, he kind of, he bucked up on him. I could hear the anger and the disappointment. He said, you wicked, lazy, no good for nothing. You're lazy. You're wicked. He goes on to say, he said, if you knew I was a hard man and that I harvest where I, where, where I have not sown and gather where I haven't scattered seed, you could have at least taken my money to the bank. And I could have at least drawn interest. But no, you took the 75 pounds of silver coins and you drug it out to the field and buried it. And I had no chance to profit anything. What's wrong with you? The servant was entrusted with a lot of money. Four years wages. Everybody else went out and worked. You just don't double your money by being lazy. You double your money by going out hustling. You go out there and double your money by getting a second job. You double your money by buying a popcorn machine and go selling popcorn at the farmer's market. <laughs> you double your money by getting out there and getting your hands dirty. The only dirt he got on his hands was from the shovel. And he just walked away. I don't know when he's coming back. I don't know when. Oh, well. Laziness and slothfulness. Wickedness entered his life. Instead of putting in work, instead of being a good steward, he decides, he buries it in the field. Doesn't even take it to the bank. But I love what Proverbs 14.23 says. It's one of my favorite scriptures. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Somebody needs to write that down and keep that. Put it in your car. Put it in your Bible. Because you're wondering why you're not profiting in life. I'm going to ask you, are you working hard or are you just talking about it? Who wants to be profitable in their life? Me too. Who wants to be profitable in your relationship with Jesus? I know I do. Guess what? It's going to take work. You want to understand the word more? You got to study. You got to dig in. You want to get closer to God and hear his voice? You got to pray. You got to put in that time. You got to turn off the Facebook. You got to turn off the Netflix. You got to get out. You got to get these distractions. America's full of distractions. We should be called the United States of Distractions. We've got to put in the work if we want to get to know Jesus. You will see a prophet, I promise you. Proverbs, I mean, it, all hard work brings a prophet, but mere talk leads only to poverty. We can talk the talk until we're blue in the face, my friends, but if we don't ever put action behind it, Poverty. Spiritual poverty. So I'm going to go, I'll give a confession real quick. Okay, this will make y'all feel better. So I'm a human too. So I've been talking about our Armor Up 613 Bible study as a goal. I sat down before 2019. So I wanna, we're going to write a Bible study for men over the armor of God. We're going to put this out. We're going to help men. We're going to, we're going to impact the kingdom with a podcast and with a Bible study and with small groups. 
talk, 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 talk. I've got one chapter written. And I'm talking about starting this in January. You know why? Because of distractions. Because of this. Because of that. And this came to my mind when I was doing this. I've got to go back and I've got to go dig that dream back up. I've got to go put that ability back. I've got to go back to the field for myself too, guys. I'm not preaching. We're in this together. I've got things I've got to go back out in the field, those talents and abilities, where I've had to go back and believe in myself one more time. Amen? Don't play it safe, guys. Don't play it safe. This servant, he played it safe. I got three minutes, so I'm gonna I'm got one more. He didn't know his master. He didn't know the master who he was serving. Why do I think that? Well, I'll tell you. Thanks for asking. Verse 25 describes them, he describes the master as hard. He was a hard man. That phrase translates into harsh, rough, or violent. Would a harsh, rough, violent man hand you 75 pounds of silver and says, Take care of this one. I'll be back. I doubt it. I doubt it. He didn't know his. He didn't know who his serv- who his master really was. He really didn't. You know what our problem is sometimes? We don't know who our master is either. How do you perceive Jesus in your life? Is he hard? Is he harsh to you? He's not. He's full of mercy. He's full of grace. And he's full of redemption. Amen? He's not going to be in the judgment seat until he comes back. And he's judging you for what you've done with your talents. But right now there's mercy and grace and redemption. I urge you to find that today. The Bible says in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Whose voice are you listening to, guys? Whose voice are we listening to? What influence? Are we listening to the wrong voice, the wrong influence? The pleasures of this world are overshadowing the calling of the Master. The pleasures of this world are overshadowing the calling of the Master. I believe that. What voice in your life told you you're not good enough? What voice in your life has told you that you're a failure? I'll tell you, that didn't come from God. The voice of our master says you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you are free, go sin no more. The voice of our master says go get your shovel, go back out in the field, dig up that talent, take it back and be profitable before I come home to get you. That's the voice of our master. You want to know why some of us church people were so miserable? Anybody want to know the secret? It's because we went and we buried our talents. And we're not living a life full of purpose for Christ. We're too busy chasing our dreams. When was the last time we stopped and said, what is your will for my life? I know what I want to do, but what do you want me to do? 
I can resonate with this servant. Here the past couple years, I've had to go back to that field. And I had to believe in myself one more time. I felt like I failed God way too many times for him to ever use me. For me to be up here standing with an opportunity to, to be linked up with Pastor, Brother Jonathan Bishop, and be a part of this church, it blows me away every time. Our master is not hard. He's forgiving and he's redeeming. Church, I challenge you today, whether it be now or during worship, let this be your field. And come up here and worship and dig, dig out your talents and your abilities. And let's get busy for Christ. Let's be profitable for Him. Can you say amen? amen. Lord bless you this morning. Somebody say amen. Would you stand with us today? What a great... Bible lesson. Folks, I'm telling you, our church is blessed with a multiplicity of ministries. We just are. Amen. And uh, I encourage all of them that, that teach. They hear from the Lord, and we trust them to do so, and we thank God uh, for that. See some guests here today. Some of you have been out. It's good to see you back. And Tony, I'm so glad to see you here today. God bless you. I want you to take the five minutes that we are about to do and fellowship and I want you to put a smile on your face, and then I want you to get ready for worship. Everybody say this with me. Say, today's going to be a great day. Let's step out and shake some hands for five minutes. God bless. Well, my friends, I thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode. I know it's something a little different. Um... But I hope that this, this message spoke to your heart, spoke to your spirit. And I pray for every man out there that maybe you have, you, you have been like that one servant that went out and buried your talent in the field. And I pray, that, I pray that you get that shovel and you go back out there. And I pray that you dig that talent up. And I pray that you, you, you get, get to work for the Lord and you put those talents and those giftings and abilities to work. And that you become profitable for your master. Because he's coming. He's coming soon, and when he comes, he's looking to his servants. He's going to he's want to see you. Are you profitable? Have you been profitable? Have you been a good steward? Have you been doing what he has asked you to do? Have you been using those gifts and those abilities that he has given you to enhance the kingdom of God? Men, thank you again so much for joining us here on the Armor Up 613 podcast where we are preparing men, equipping men for the spiritual battleground because men, we know it's not a playground, but it's a battleground. We'll catch you on the next episode.